This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As fall fills up with activities and obligations, even a small time saver can feel like a big help. Grammarly is an all-in-one writing tool that makes clear, concise communication easier than ever, so you can finish your work earlier and head off to family dinners, social events, and fall weddings. Grammarly is free to download and works where you do, so every project gets finished quicker. Make sure your writing is free of mistakes with Grammarly's free, comprehensive writing suggestions and get an instant take on how your message comes across with the free tone detector. Let Grammarly Premium's sentence clarity rewrites help you find the perfect words on the first try. You'll be confident writing client emails, deadline-driven reports, and presentations without staying late at the office. Get more time back in your day by writing with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com podcasts to sign up for a free account. Then get 20% off when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium. That's Grammarly.com slash podcasts. Hello and welcome to episode 131 of Potteroni. In this episode, I'll be talking to Marianne McLaughlin Dwyer, who's written a book called Magpie, which is a really good novel, short novelette. And uh, she's also the creator of a show called Behind the Truth, which will be streaming this Friday, the 8th of January. And um, I am the first guest on that, so uh, probably a reason why I am interviewing her but she's just an amazing person as well and very creative and it was really good to chat to her and so i'm talking to you um obviously on the 7th of january and uh of course the madness that happened in america is quite astounding and shocking but um but that's what happens i guess when uh it's quite annoying really that that it got so far uh because um Donald Trump is a is a unethical, immoral man, and that was quite obvious right from the beginning, four years ago, or whenever he um, went up for election. I just can't believe it that he got there in the first place. There were so many times. Remember all those different times he went, no, he can't go any further, he's finished, when he was found to have boasted about grabbing women's genitalia. Well, I just thought, well, that's it, that's the end of that, but no. And uh, when he um, said about John McCain that he was, uh, I don't know, he's a loser or whatever for be- becoming a prisoner of war. When he did that, I thought this is all the stuff that Republicans stood for, you know, um, respect to women and uh, 
uh, war veterans and people who fought for their country, but not at all. Uh, and um, more than 50% of, of American white women voted for a man who boasted about grabbing women by the, as he said, pussy. And uh, it just goes to show, well, it's shocking. It's fucking shocking, but it does do, just go to show that that uh, white women or middle class or upper class women are more interested in preserving their privilege rather than equality for women in general. They don't really care about what happens to uh, working class or lower class women at all. They just want to preserve their own privilege and they're quite willing to vote for uh, a despicable man like Donald Trump to preserve that privilege and I believe that's true all over the world as well. I don't I really believe that class has far more important than um, equality for women that uh, upper and middle class women are far more interested in preserving their own privilege than anything um, in general but uh, yeah and now and then so many people just uh, accepted his lies and it's important I think truth Truth is important. It's important not to, to, you know, let people away with lying. And in the end, it just gets... To get, it, 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 truth will win out in the end. I mean, you end up um, denying stuff like whatever. If you're told you've got cancer and you just are in denial, well, you're going to die, perhaps. Um, and um, Donald Trump was a cancer uh, in America. And uh, they would just let him away with it over and over and over again. And uh, all these governors like, uh, what's his name? Cruz, is it? Uh, Ted Cruz, yeah, who um, is just a despicable man, a really intelligent man, a really articulate man, and an absolute despicable man. It's just a articulate, very articulate snake. And there's so many of them. It's quite amazing. Quite amazing that 70 million plus people still voted for Donald Trump in this second uh, election after everything I don't know I just that that I can't get my head around I really can't get my head around that because I thought that Republicans stood for um, America and that they wouldn't that they saw what that Putin uh, that that Trump would not stand up against Putin he was like such a coward I sure I thought that's what Republicans didn't stand for that, but they apparently do. They stand for that at the moment, at least. I still don't understand it, though. It's very hard to understand 70 million plus people voting for such a hard, like, such, I just find that how bad of a judge of character would you have to be to look at Donald Trump? And I mean, lots of politicians are, because they're ambitious and so they're flawed people because they will, they're power, they're power hungry people, most of them. And so there's some kind of a flaw there. But, um, but Donald Trump was so ridiculous, outrageously, uh, fake, uh, is such a weak, horrible man, like a man who never tells the truth, a man who goes back on his own word, uh, a man who would do anything for himself even at the cost of bringing down democracy in America. And a man who just lies constantly. There is nothing redeeming about him. Nothing. He had so many chances to redeem himself, and he 
right to the end and right to the end. And I, I just think the next two weeks are... I think he should be taken out of the White House. He should be somehow. His power should be taken away because it's fucking dangerous. And I wouldn't give a damn in, in one sense if it wasn't for the fact that America is the most powerful country in the world and it affects the whole world, whatever happens in America. Um, it's not like Americans should say it's none of your business because it is, it's the world's business, whatever happens in America. Um, ah, it's just a, it's just a mind blowing that so many millions of people will still, would still have voted for him and so many millions of people believe him when he says the election was a, uh, a steal. It's just, there is no proof of this. So how can you just keep believing Rubbish. I just don't believe... It's incredible. It's incredible. I, I, you often wondered, how did people follow Hitler? And you just go, oh, God, I could, you can see it happening before your eyes. It's just gradually, gradually you say, well, it's just Donald Trump. He, You know the way he is. You know, he doesn't mean that. <laughs> but he does mean what he says um, to a certain extent. He means that he will... Uh, he, he will take down democracy for his own greedy ambitions. Oh, my God. Anyway, yeah, it's despicable. But you have to remember at this time that there are so many great Americans, brilliant, and it is a great country. So, uh, well, it it may be a kick in the arse that it's needed, maybe, to uh, be to realise that democracy is not a given. There is one thing about America that doesn't know. I suppose that even when Joe Biden ha- gets up and speaks, he has to say America is the greatest country in the world. Why? Why is that so? Why is that needed to be said? Like, what other country says that? I, maybe in China they have to say it or something. But um, why do you have to keep saying we are the greatest country in the world? Who knows how? What, in what sense? I mean, the greatest country in the world could be could be uh, Jamaica. I don't know. What the f- How do you judge these things and why do you have to keep saying it? It's like if anybody as a person, just take that as a person, if a person had to keep saying, I am the greatest person in the world, maybe, maybe that would be... Uh, actually, Muhammad Ali used to say that. Yeah, But he was funny. Um, yeah, so anyway, listen, uh, I hope you're all doing well in the lockdown and I know it's going on and on and on and... Um, uh, I'd say uh, for anybody that's uh, struggling with this, just to try and get into a routine, get a good night's sleep, get up at a particular time every day, get out for 15 minutes into the air and the sun, even if the sun is behind the clouds, just into the brightness and uh, do a little bit of exercise and and stay in a routine and look after yourself as if you were looking after a loved one because you are a loved one to yourself Um, and uh, look after yourself that way. Eat fresh food, um, make hot drinks with lemon juice and stuff in them. <laughs> well, if you want, but um, just uh, um, for you know, uh, for your own mental and physical health. Yeah, look after yourself. Um, I mean, I've been trying to. I get out for a run now, and I, I uh, run just a little bit, like. But I've been running barefoot, and I can't run in my runners anymore. I'm on the beach doing it. I don't know if I'll do it today because there's snow on the ground, but I'll try it. But I actually went running in my runners the other 
day and it was felt really weird. I was like, ah, shit, man. This feels weird. So, you know, I don't know maybe what I'm going to do if I do long distance again. Um, I read that book, Born to Run, where they talk about um, how uh, when runners... I mean, you know, it's only a recent phenomenon that... uh, Nike and Adidas and people like that are making runners for people to run in um, specifically. Um, but when they initially came about, lots of people started getting injuries because it's unnatural to run. I guess the runners as well that first came out, I don't know if they were what they were like, but in general what you feel like is you can't feel your feet hitting the ground. So there's a certain... Um, body isn't sure what's going on whereas when i run barefoot now i know you know you can feel the ground and it just feels natural it feels right and i started running i ran one day in the runners and i started feeling my hamstring straining again so um i've been converted to the whole idea of running barefoot or running with very light soles um let's see how it goes because i was plagued with injuries and it seems to be the solution Anyway, here we go. Uh, by the way, if you're looking for something funny to watch, there's a Dan- new Danish children's cartoon about a fellow with a, a very long willy. Only in Denmark would they come up with something like that, I think, or in the Scandinavian country. Um, but it's very funny, actually. <laughs> now, uh, yeah, so this is uh, Marianne McLaughlin Dwyer. Seven, uh, five girls and two boys and um, that was fairly normal I don't know uh, I'm not going to ask your age but I'm going to tell you my age I'm 54 so I don't know whether you're older, older. Yeah. Oh, okay well so that well you know Joe that that was fairly normal wasn't it in Dublin you know growing up in the 70s I was born in the 60s and, and it was fairly normal for, for people to, there was people had bigger families than me um, it was very diverse and it was very um, also being around a lot of women is very interesting, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I, and I think I don't think we would admit it. But I think to this day, we're still very, you know, or, you know, we, we talk a lot. I think anybody who has entered, entered the family, mm. uh, my, my mother always says she has like five daughters and like 10 son-in-laws because a few of us married a few times, which is normal. All right. I I said to somebody recently, you know, back in back in the early eighties, you know, you married somebody that you slept with, so you didn't. Do you know? (laughs) I know. Do you know? That's the way it was. I went to the Holy Faith, um, Catholic school on Haddington Road, and Mm -hmm. you know, we were set up to. uh, When I say set up, I'm I'm not casting aspersions, and they were wonderful women, and they, you know, they released me. uh, You know reading and writing and what have you when I mean set up I mean you know we we believed at that time that you know that was our goal was to get married and to be more than more or less married to one man for life you know and uh, uh, little did I know that life was going to get more interesting and more diverse and of course I, I always celebrate the women the young women nowadays because it's not there's just so much um you know um, uh, everything is fluid 
uh, everybody, the, the, the gender, it, it's just less, uh, everybody is equal, um, equal roles, equal jobs. Mm. Uh, and what I find actually wonderful now is that people can just uh, marry or love or be in a relationship with people, people who, who, who they just fall in love with. And that doesn't have, have to be a man or a girl or, you know, do you know what I mean? It could oh, be, yeah, really you just fall, you just meet somebody and you fall in love. And I, I just think that that's, gosh, it's just such freedom, really. It's, I'm, it's just yeah. something for me to be celebrated. But I know, that, you know, young women sort of and, and young guys laugh at me. That's just the world they're living in. And I'm so happy. I'm so happy for my grandchildren, you know? Yeah, no, it's good. I think you know, a lot better when I was growing up. People were a bit um, uptight about all that stuff. Yeah. So, um, and so, did you do you uh, uh, take from that upbringing in the uh, books? And I've only read one of your books, but uh, Magpie. So, um, mm. do you take from that growing up in Dublin to to use? Yeah, in the, in the and 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 you know, recently a wonderful young lady. Um, uh, Hannah May Jane O'Connor who I've worked with in the past she's you know she's a young girl in her 30s and I, you know when I launched it at first I was asking people to do reviews and I remember you know quite innocently innocently she did this lovely review and she said if you're looking for a a, a book about the the old days and I'm like what <laughs> <laughs> the, what say what <laughs> you know uh, she said this is a book to read and this will and again, it, it, it marked, a, you know, it was, it, it, it's a realization that I'm having over and over again, that actually we have progressed so far. Because to me, at 54, you know, I still think everybody's listening to Wham, you know, I, <laughs> you know and uh, I still think that women are this, feeling the same about their, their uh, options and their decisions. And, you know, so I have to... I have to pinch myself and sort of say, wow, these young women are, you know, it, it, the old days were really the old days. The 70s and the 80s were, uh, for me, it was a time that a lot of people went down to the American embassy and tried to get a visa to go to, to America. There was a lot of unemployment. Yeah. Um, uh, there, there, there just wasn't the money that the, there was no disposable things. I mean, there's a downside to that, you know, nobody was throwing out a set of pennies pajamas. You know, yeah. um, there was um, it, it, it was very different, um, but we felt, you know, that, that there were opportunities and, uh, uh, you know, th th there was a lot of good things. That's what I'm trying to say about that time as well. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I, it was very different, but I did feel um, myself growing up that we uh, had come a long way from my parents. Now, my parents were old, so, oh, you know, I think. They were both in the fall. Yeah, but are we that old? Because in fact, when you're talking about your parents, you're probably talking about your parents at least 10 or 15 years ago. Like, you probably thought they were old at 40. I certainly did. No, I, yeah, I know. But I mean, when I was born, when I was born, I think they were both in their 40s. Uh, my uh, eldest sister is nearly 20 years old than me, uh, older than wow. me. So I'm just saying that my parents were, well, actually, my mother died when I was 11, so I wouldn't have. But my father, you know, my parents were a completely different they wouldn't understand they wouldn't have understood why i was listening to ian yeah. and stuff it just was a different universe then you know i know and it was it was it was yeah you're my somebody was speaking to me about the beatles recently and they just again 
it was one of those moments where, you know, why are you listening to that? I, you know, I just, I, I'm not getting that. Particularly very, uh, you know, when I talk to a lot of my friends who were, were born in the country, you know, I think we're terrible as dubs. We're always going, you know, yeah, down the country, whatever. But um, I'm not a dub, you know. I know you're, but yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> why, am I, why am I saying that? I'm having like a... Uh, that's okay. Sorry. I know. Forgive I, me. I but uh, certainly for, you know, uh, in terms of me being a dub, uh, we have this terrible notion that, uh, you know, everybody has to row in with us point in case there just mistaking you for a dub just because maybe i'm familiar with the character of yours that was a dub. i don't know everyone thinks i'm from dublin yeah everyone yeah. but i'm just saying i mean i don't see there's any diff huge difference but i'm just saying um but east like, posters let's say east yeah posters. yeah 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 but yeah. like for example like i love the i love magpie it's amazing it's a really good but i think it'd be a really good film actually and uh um but I just see like a, um, I don't know, I want to give it away, but I mean, you just see that there's a woman who, yeah, gets kind of trapped in a, just, you know, like in a, in a world where it's, um, you can easily get trapped and you can't escape from. Absolutely. And, and in fact, you know, it's, I like to say that it's a very uh, big story in a, in a small book. And interestingly enough, it's a, it's a triangle. Um, and it's about two women, two sisters, and, and both actually make choices and one gets out of it and one doesn't. Um, and um, it's a love story on, on many levels, but it's not your quintessential romantic love story. It's about unconditional love. It's about two women loving one child. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's, it's very much that sliding door syndrome, isn't it? You know, maybe if I took this road, and, and many opportunities during the book, the, the, I mean, it's only like 53 pages. If anybody's interested in reading it, it's a, it's a quick read. Uh, but uh, th there, there's, a, there's several opportunities where the main protagonist could have actually changed her faith or, you know, made decisions um, that would have got her, got her out of the situation that she ultimately found herself in. Uh, but then you have uh, the polar opposite in, in her sister. And sisters are always very interesting, I think, because you know, the, the, the dynamic of sisters. Uh, yeah, but you say your, her sister escaped, but she did uh, kind of turn her back on her upbringing, as if, as she, if did. she was ashamed she of her upbringing, which is yeah. not really, which in one sense is not an escape. No, I mean, she, she's signing herself into her own particular hell, really, when you think about it. Mm. Um, but maybe, again, it's just... I'm hoping that people ref will reflect on that because there are, I mean, in a world, uh, we talk an awful lot about narcissism nowadays mm. and, uh, and, and maybe some people are able, are able to do that, Joe, maybe people, some people are able to turn their back uh, and quite happily turn their back and just see that as survival of the fittest. So it's all these questions that I suppose I'm trying to put to the reader mm. um, to challenge it. Ultimately, you know, when, when I was learning about marketing books, because, you know, the book we rebranded very quickly, um, you know, because everybody, I was getting feedback, the story, everybody was loving the story, but they didn't quite understand the cover. So I did actually change the cover, as you know, recently. Yeah. Uh, and the title to make it a little bit, uh, you know, clear. But, you know, the whole, the, 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 uh, the whole book centers around, um, I mean, I think Magpie gives <laughs> gives the scenario away yeah. 
but it, there are no, some. Mass- I don't think it gives her away, but it's definitely spot yeah. on. For but there's ma- the- thank you, Joe. Thank you. Mm. But there's massive themes in there. But oh yeah, I was going to talk about genres. One of the things I studied, and I had to study about marketing as a self publisher. I had to delve deeper. But it, it talks about genre, you know, mm. and um, and you know, there's drama and you know, there's historical and literary, whatever. But to boil it down, it, it's about good and bad it's about you know being good or being bad which mm. is the ba- which is the basic ba- the basics of, of the story uh, the fact that it was just set in the 70s and 80s ties in with just i suppose an impressionable time for me um and what i knew and i as i said you know going back to that girl who did the review i I love to to bring that in, you know to bring that out again, and it's actually fascinating to me that it is now you know uh, more or less um, going into the annals of the old days. <laughs> I know of yeah. which I am one. Oh well, I mean, like uh, if you made a film about the nineties now, it would be a period piece. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, I think it'd be a really good film, like because it's it's flies along because it actually covers two three generations in that yeah. short film. and uh and it so it moves along a really good film like i mean like so no like the shawshank redemption for example an amazing film it's a tiny story if you read the the story stephen king novel it's it's very short it's amazing and yeah. that, that kind of makes for a good film that's there's there's what what i think anyway because it's about the action, whereas a, a book that has lots of inner thoughts doesn't translate to film, you know. No, yeah, you know, yeah. It's just full of the main character thinking to themselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right, you're right. It you is, can't yeah. show that in film, you know. And it's a tricky thing to do, isn't it? It's a tricky thing to to propel people along quickly without disturbing the story. Uh, and allowing them to accept that that you know because to do you know it is a tricky thing to do and and you know you write so it's a, it's it's a very tricky thing to do and i think when i wrote the book i was studying screenwriting at the time and i think probably there was two things that just needed to come out that was the first thing it, it had been sitting around in a diary for a long time mm. and i and i and i really didn't get on with the sort of I'd written poetry and song you know and I tried writing the novel and I had to get help with it and I I didn't get on with it because I think just ultimately you know short writing is indicative of my you know my focus which is which is you know (laughs) I have terrible focus like I tend that's who I am in life I kind of tend to move things I'm always got projects going on or whatever you know yeah Um, like you said lots of stuff Uh, what what did you do when you left uh, school I left school like really early mm. and uh, I was a professional, you know, fiance. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as I said, like, read the book. That's, that's really, I, I left school early. I really wanted to do nursing and I just didn't think it was an option. And I also was probably writing a little bit as well. But again, I came from, uh, well, you know, look, we weren't, you know, poor or anything, but we were, you know, there was a lot of that stuff, a lot of arty, farty stuff, it would be called, was kind of laughed at. So, yeah. um, you know. But you were writing. When, like I was that. writing, yeah. yeah. And then I suddenly decided, I, I really, by the time then I had children, I decided, look, I really, really want to get an education. So I, I, I went and, and I studied nursing. And um, 
uh, at that point, because I had children, I couldn't really get into nursing full time. I was offered a degree, but it just wasn't an option for me. So I trained to become a phlebotomist. I don't know whether you know what a phlebotomist is. No, I don't. OK, that? so a phlebotomist is the nurse that, that draws blood, that that uh, takes blood samples. Oh, okay. And I worked in St. James's and, you know, it, it was just I did. A little, it was just wonderful. It was a wonderful time for me. I really enjoyed um, working with people and you know, I, had, I, I, I was sort of had a part time job at night as well, working night shifts as a care assistant. So mm. um, it, it was it was always something I should, you know, I should have really stuck at it. But my life has been more or less, you know, uh, a lifetime of not sticking at anything, <laughs> which I was which I was really ashamed of for most of my life. And then I discovered and then I said, you know what? Uh, you know, I've always kept my head above water. I've raised my children. I've mm. never starved. So maybe this not staying in anything is is not the worst thing in the world to be. Ah, yeah. And so um, did you uh, start writing songs? At, uh, what? Yeah, I start. Um, I, I was always kind of singing, um, but it was a kind of a secret singing. So people would say at Christmas, time, come on, Marianne, because all of the men in my family all call me Marianne and all the women call me Marianne. Oh, so right. at Christmas, like, Marianne, come on, sing a song. So, I, you know, I, I, I'm very, very shy about singing songs. But uh, anytime I got upset and still to this day, actually, anytime I get upset, I always write. Oh. Yeah. I know, I know. My husband always says to me, every time we have a row, you're gone, like, and you're 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 into the first chapter or something. Like, you know, not that we row a lot or anything, but I, I when I get a I get emotional, something happens. I always I'm always stirred to work, and that's what I did. Even as a little girl, I'd, I'd write things down. Yeah. Um. Then I um. Then I kind of learned the mechanism of song, and I, I I just listened to to music, and I listened to uh, the way people wrote. You know, it's it's a you know because you know you first and foremost you were a musician and a songwriter right well i wasn't a musician i was a songwriter though a songwriter um <laughs> but I, you can play that guitar though right i can play it now when i was writing in the band i wrote with the guitarist and i would uh he'd start with a few chords and i'd sing yeah. to it and then i'd go somewhere and he'd follow me with the guitar so i was able to write songs without even playing an instrument it's mad I know. And that's the thing, because I don't play an instrument. Well, the only instrument I have is my voice. And, and uh, uh, but like that, I would um, I would always hear the, the tune in my head. Mm. I, I'm always fascinated. I always say to people, you know, uh, are you a person that listens to the lyrics or listens to the melody? People are always one or the other, aren't they? Yeah, I'm a melody without doubt. I, I would. And, and I'm a lyrics. Are you? you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like it's, it's like. Um, I'm always shocked, but it's amazing because uh, good songs always land because you've discovered that you love this amazing song. You'll have this amazing song in common with somebody, and then you realize they're not a lyrics person, but they're moved by it. And to me, it's always Jesus Christ. Well, it's like a combination, but I'm always listening to the lyrics. I want to hear what they have to say. Right, yeah. um, you know, but I'm I'm a little bit fascinated with people's methods, their methodology of writing. I mean, and I'd even study it. I'll, you know, I'll be listening to YouTube and, you know, Paul McCartney talking about the way he wrote with, with you know, uh, John. And, mm. you know, I am fascinated about how, how people. And the thing is, the wonderful thing is, is nothing is wrong. How, how would you write a song? Would you have a, can you play an instrument then, yeah? No, I don't actually. Yeah. I, I, I try playing the, uh, the banjo, but I do it very badly. 
Um, my husband plays guitar, so he's he's able to, he's God alone, you know, when I decide to start writing and I have a melody in my head, yeah. you know, I'm, you know, uh, when he agrees to go along with this, <laughs> you know, he's he, he's quite good. He's really good. And yeah. um, he's able to help me formulate, you know, very quickly. Right. Um, but again, I always, I always tend to have the melody swirling around and I write the, uh, it's like a jigsaw puzzle. I write the lyrics. Yeah. And um, I try and, you know, um, I try and pull it together. But uh, and they're really nice, good sessions when you do that. And when mm. I say session, there's no drink involved. You know, you're just you've got a target and you're trying to hit it and you're trying to make something out of nothing. And it's mm. wonderful to create, you know, we're very lucky to be able to do that. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's fantastic to write a song. I, I didn't write and then for years after the band broke up, but I started writing recently, but comedy, sometimes comedy songs, but I actually won a prize at the Dublin Com Comedy International Comedy Film Festival. I won Best Composer. So Did you? when yeah. was that? Is that just recently? <laughs> ah yeah, just last just last Friday, yeah. Friday. Yeah, I thought I saw something all right. All right yeah. And what did you is this a recent composition? Ah yeah, it's a comedy song. Like it's uh anyway. I mean, it's just handy to have that. I'll put that in my biog. <laughs> do and be very proud of it because it's fantastic like no it really is isn't it ah yeah it's great yeah yeah it's great yeah um so like yeah you're always doing loads of stuff poetry songs writing books and then you uh, had uh, this idea for a tv show which i'm involved in so could you tell me about that sure well the tv show is called behind the truth and honestly, what had happening, what happened was I was, um, I, you know, when, when you're sort of hopping from one thing to another, one project uh, to another, uh, occasionally I, I was in the midst of uh, writing, sort of getting involved with trying to hone my, uh, hone, is that the word, my mm -hmm. script writing and my screenwriting. Mm which was going to, let's face it, go nowhere and be seen by nobody. But I was enjoying it. I'd taken a couple of courses online and yeah, et cetera. And I was enjoying it. Um, and I was writing some very serious stuff at the time, um, including actually excerpts from Magpie. And um, it was just, you know, it, it was going here. It was things, you know, various scripts I had and screenplays were being submitted here, there and everywhere. And I suddenly thought, you know, I, I really need to do something just, I, I need to bring it down a notch and I need to just write something light. Mm. Um, and um, Behind the Truth wasn't the original name, but I just thought, why, what if you just got a, a cross section of, you know, people from different arenas, like, you know, interesting people, people who have I mean, some with faces that you would recognize, some that with faces that you wouldn't. That that really wasn't the point. It was it was about, you know, uh, getting people to sit in a chair and answer five or six questions, all the same question. So that's when I developed what they call a, a show Bible, which in the business, as you know, it's just like a, a two minute you know, a document, a page that you could read that would explain to commissioners, possible yeah. networks and commissioners what you were trying to do. Um, and I simply said, I'd like to choose five faces, put them on a stool, uh, no distractions, and ask them a number of questions. Mm -hmm. And the questions come across as, you know, um, so th this is how the show came about, you know, where have you been in life? 
Where are you going in life? What is your greatest fear? You know, would you change anything about yourself? So even though they, they seem, you know, and, and I got all the, the, the contestants, all the guests, I got all the guests um, to, to, to bring in a photo that meant something to them, or, you know, it could be, it could have been a postcard or an image that, you know, that meant something to them. And, um, and then talk to them about uh, the last bonus question is uh, if you had a theme song, what would it be? So I, I spoke to my friend Garrett Daly in Mixed Bad Bag Media, who is a kind of, you know, uber professional guy, you know, you know, in brackets, he knows what he's doing. And, you know, it has been just a wonderful friend and ally to me uh, in the last few years when I've tried to kind of, he, he's mentored me quite a lot. He's, he also teaches film and he's been involved in film and documentary uh, for a long time. So he said, okay, you know, because he'd been looking at my other stuff and he said, yeah, okay, we'll give, we'll give this a go. Mm -hmm. So of course then the lockdown happened and it was a question of trying to find space. I remember you, <laughs> you were agreeing to all sorts of things. You, you nearly would have been, you know, allowed me to film sort of outside your front door. It was that bad. I couldn't find anybody. Mm -hmm. And then as luck would have, have it, the wonderful Colette Farrell from the Drucker in, in Drogheda said, we'll let you film here and do it in a very safe way. We did all the COVID regular, you know, injunction and what have you. Mm. And we start filming. And the results have been great. And, uh, you know, they, you know, uh, yourself being one of, one of our guests, if I'm allowed to, I'm, I, I am allowed to say that actually, because we've just launched the YouTube channel. Uh, we're streaming from January the 8th. Um, and it will be on one of the, the nationals, all right. And uh, I'm very, very proud because we made it um, uh, with a very small budget, and we made it um, we made it purely because nice people like yourself decided to jump on board, Joe. And we got a great we got you know what we got. I approached a lot of people, and not that everybody everybody is busy and they, even with the the lockdown people have commitments and what have you mm. but I feel that we got like really nice people really genuine people and all of the people that sat in in the hot seat they actually they they're all concerned with other their professions concern them with other things mm -hmm. so they're either used to reading a script or they're used to being involved in business meetings or they're used to pre presenting a TV show or they're used to performing on a stage. But in, in, in this, I feel that we just get people, can I say in even a little bit of a vulnerable way, but in a safe, vulnerable way. Uh, yeah, and, definitely. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, it's different for everyone. Honest. But uh, questions, yeah, they're quite, you can't answer those questions without delving into your own life yeah I know and I, I wanted to be really careful about that as well you know because I knew people would be vulnerable um but everybody that I asked was as I said I just knew that they could they could take it on and be and be honest and mm. I just love I guess I love seeing uh I I love sort of delving a little bit into the soul of people I I, I do I do really I do really love to see that with people yeah you know and that's what we did i think and um the other thing then was we had to to make it into i always sort of said it should be a format given 
the focus, the, the, you know, the very rapid focus of viewers, um, it should be something that we could condense. So the editing part of, of, of the whole series was probably the most difficult part. And again, Gareth did an amazing job there because we edited everything down to seven minutes, which was so almost impossible. Each uh, per each episode is seven minutes. Is seven minutes. So again, it gets it kind of gets in and, and get out. And but I wanted people to feel like they wanted more. That's the best way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know. So it's been amazing. Like it's 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 been wonderful. And, it's going and uh, on a major channel. Is that all you can say? <laughs> sorry, sorry, Joe. Going out on TV though. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's as they say streaming. Uh, on the on the interweb from January the eighth, and um, we have a dedicated YouTube channel that we've we've just we've sort of put together in advance to give it a little bit of a push, and then you know hopefully then we'll get the, as they say in the business the eyeballs. Um, I would love to make a second series because I had such a fun time making the first, and also every time uh, you find I'm sure you find this as well, but every time you get involved in a project. Um, you just, you just, it just grows, doesn't it? It grows your little community, particularly creatively. Um, it, it just, you meet wonderful people and they teach you things and you learn. And I love it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you learn from other people. That's the most important thing, I think. Yeah. You know. um, but yeah, it was a really nice. Uh, uh, thanks for asking me to be involved. And uh, I, um, thought it, I saw my episode it looks great even though I hate looking at myself yeah it... you were saying that <laughs> yeah. and you know that's funny because a lot of people you know a lot of actors will will say that to me that they don't like to look at themselves they don't like some some will even say I don't even like hearing my voice um they they don't they find it very difficult to I've got used to the voice thing because I edit the podcast. have you so I have to listen to the voice all the time. And uh, now I just listen to it as if I'm listening to someone else, you know. And I take, yeah. I, I edit out all the ahs and mm. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I, I sound a lot more articulate when I finish editing myself. Editing is good. Thank God for an editing suite. That's what I say. Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no, it's a really good uh, show. But uh, are you, it's going, you say it's going on YouTube, but is it going on TV as well? It is. We're, we're not, it's, well, when they say TV, it goes on, um, it, it goes, um, it's streaming on one of the networks, but they just won't allow us declare that network as Absolutely. yet. Um, but no, it's not going to be on Saturday night on like uh, TV. It's, it's, it's streamed. Uh, live on one of the big channels one right, of the domestics okay. as they say and hopefully we'll be able to bring it a bit and and that's fine because that you know almost and it was designed to be that sort of a series um that it would it would people could actually be sitting going to work and they could be looking at their phone and you know hitting the news it's it's going it, it'll be kind of have a cultural tag to it which is all right cool which is brilliant which is absolutely brilliant and um, I'm very excited. You know, it's it's like, you know, that old saying, 20 years to be an overnight success. I'm still, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know what you mean. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I uh, find, uh, yeah, yeah. It's just great when you have an idea. Uh, you just have an idea. And then and then at some point it's realized that it's quite. Yeah. And, I, and of course I have, you know, uh, uh, I've no patience, you know. 
Mm. Um, so I'm just a terrible, per you know, and again, this is why I've written a short, a short book, which I really, you know, I tend to get in and get out and I want to, I want things to move, you know, so I, I'm sure everybody that works with me is usually very, um, it's, I don't know, I've been very lucky because people tend to be yeah. very patient. Well, no, me. I mean, it is typical. I actually was talking to my, the last person I interviewed on the podcast is Maureen O'Connell, who who put on the Dublin Comedy International Film Festival. Yeah. Right. And she has made uh, about, she's made one feature and two or three shorts, and none of them, they're all self-financed, or no, no budget or self-financed. I know. Um, and because she hasn't the patience to fill in all these forms for grants and all this shit, she just oh, I, I, I know so much work has gone, you know, unseen because, you know, <laughs> there's courses for courses, isn't there? Like it really, there's so much, you know, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. The amount of fantastic work. Um, because and they make it so difficult, you know. God well, I'm inspired by that. I think you're better off just getting out and making it because um, there's certain people who are brilliant at filling in forms, and I'm not yeah. one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, and that's what usually when you call upon people to kind of help or whatever. I certainly do, but, um, yeah. but it, every now and again, you partner up with somebody, and you know, like with this show, definitely uh, Gareth was my form filler outer and men and much more and may I say much much more set designer uh, cameraman director of photography I mean you know just so lucky but I mean it's very hard to keep you know you know yourself it's 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 really really hard particularly anybody that lives with us, us you know my kids mm -hmm. my husband you know everybody is like why do you keep doing this to yourself it's almost like you're trying to torture yourself um and, so and, and the answer is, you, you, you know, you've no choice, you know. Right, yeah, you've no choice, yeah. And, but uh, do you find rejection difficult? Not anymore. Funnily enough, not anymore. And, yeah. and I think, I, and I really, if there's anybody listening out there, I would say, uh, first of all, um, that it's not always your content. It's not always your words. You know, I've come to realise um, that, that, um, Show business. If you look at if you if you if you look at the 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 two words, it's show and it's business. And the business side of it can be very 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 harsh. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's just as simple as, you know, it's it's not their thing. It doesn't work. It's not financially going to make them any money. Um, I mean, how many how many writers try and get? I mean, I spent a year trying to get my first book, my first novel. Mm. Oh, I was sending that manuscript, you know, printing off these, you know, costing a lot of money, by the way. Mm. Um, the one thing I would say that that disappoints me um, is when people don't have the manners to reply. Oh, that's and no matter what or who comes knocking on my door. Mm. Um, and I don't get many, but I do get some people. And, and, and like that, you know. I've been in that position, I will at least reply and say, yeah. you know, because people say, oh, sometimes they sort of say, oh, you know, I'm a producer and, you know, I'm a, I'm a Marianne that, and when I say produce, I produce children as well. I just generally, I, you know, I'm a producer, but it's, it's means jack shit. Sorry. I, I'm probably not allowed to say anywhere. It, it, in terms of, I have a small independent little company, which is me and I'm learning as I go along and people are teaching me and I'm willing to, to, 
to help teach people that if I can impart anything. Yeah. So my big sort of mantra in life is is pass things on to people if you can. If you don't know, find somebody who will uh, uh, know. Um, recommend who you can, and for God's sake, reply to somebody, even mm. if it's to say I'm not interested, because there's nothing worse for artists to be out there left in limbo. It's so disrespectful respectful it's it's bad manners and it, it, frankly i kind of think what the hell way were you reared that you just can't say no uh, in an email yeah i find that very frustrating because um, a lot of the time you just want an answer it's not whether it's yes or no so you can move on and go to someone else you know, absolutely absolutely but but getting back to your question you know i i would absolutely say that creatively it's it's and by the way yes you're you're making mistakes uh, and you're learning and some of i mean i cringe when i think of some of the stuff i'm written i'm like dear god i mean these people must have been laughing their ass off but you know the thing is we we've all done that and 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 how you how you grow is you learn and you make mistakes mm. um but but I, I would urge people to to keep writing their songs and keep keep writing their poetry, and uh, and keep forging forward and, and and don't let anybody tell you to stop. Don't yeah, you? yeah, and I don't think you. And I think at the same time you gotta uh, be uh, aware that it's uh, you you're doing it for yourself as well, and so that rejection shouldn't shouldn't affect you because it should be for the sake of the art in a sense obviously it is I know but I suppose though at the end of the day is I think we all need um I suppose we all need to be acknowledged um and it's heartbreaking I mean I used to send out books and send out you know and uh, every now and again somebody get back and say uh you know oh I read that and I just and give me a little bit of feedback and I was just I was just that was enough for me I oh, was just is great I wasn't look I wasn't looking to be published or you yeah. know write their next soundtrack I was just did you read it did it affect you and it's still to this day if somebody says you know um I mean you when you wrote, read my book and thanks be to god now it's it's getting a little bit of traction um and when it's when somebody just drops a quick text read it yeah. this is what I thought about it means a lot to any writer and you know very important uh to just say uh you know and and every time i get a review I, you know I, i'm almost breaking out the champagne i'm just i'm just so happy because yeah. it means that and particularly if they felt it either brought them to a place that just for a, a matter of minutes uh and the book isn't that long this this little book magpie um you know it's a cozy read but just for that time, if, if, yeah, if it, it brings somebody away. Out of doubt, I, I found it a little bit heartbreaking for that woman, you know, but anyway, yeah. Well, thank you for reading it, Joe. I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate your feedback. And I really appreciate you bringing me on the show. Um, and uh, somebody wants to buy the book, uh, you go on Amazon, right? You can go on amazon.co.uk or amazon.com, Magpie. Um, sometimes the searches, if the book isn't, is only kind of starting off because there's so many books, you'll have to put in the author's name, which is, I go by McLaughlin Dwyer, Marianne McLaughlin Dwyer. Right. Um, so it's it's not too expensive. It's like $6.99. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, it's a cozy read. It is. It's a cozy read. For yeah, highly recommend it. Highly. Yeah. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Um, well, listen, it's been great chatting to you and uh, uh, can't wait to see when that 
uh, when that program comes out as well so that's... yeah so yeah behind the truth january the 8th 2021 streaming yeah. uh at a streamers near you when i'm answering the questions for a change anyway. absolutely thank you and 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 by the by the way you answered them so well uh, thanks <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a different joe out there i can tell you there's some there's a very deep joe there There you go that was marianne mclaughlin dwyer now give a, a listen to um behind the truth streaming tomorrow the 8th of january depending on when you're listening to this of course and her book magpie on amazon it's a lovely read again pour yourself a nice hot bath and read book also uh there's a podcast that i um Recorded recently called D-I-C-T-V Radio. Dick TV Radio, if you like to call it that. It's all sketches um, and it's uh, recorded with some of my friends from the Dublin Comedy Improv. It's on Spotify, D-I-C-T-V Radio. Yes, it's well worth listening to it. It's hilarious, Lefani. In the meantime, look after yourself. As I said, treat yourself like a a loved one that you are, have the responsibility of looking after. Goodbye. As fall fills up with activities and obligations, even a small time saver can feel like a big help. Grammarly is an all-in-one writing tool that makes clear, concise communication easier than ever, so you can finish your work earlier and head off to family dinners, social events, and fall weddings. Grammarly is free to download and works where you do, so every project gets finished quicker. Make sure your writing is free of mistakes with Grammarly's free, comprehensive writing suggestions and get an instant take on how your message comes across with the free tone detector. Let Grammarly Premium's sentence clarity rewrites help you find the perfect words on the first try. You'll be confident writing client emails, deadline-driven reports, and presentations without staying late at the office. Get more time back in your day by writing with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com podcasts to sign up for a free account. Then get 20% off when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium. That's Grammarly.com slash podcasts.